What up? Welcome back. It's time for the February roundup. Hi, friends. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we talk, we talk to you guys every month, but it's so surprising when that calendar is like, okay, time to do the pod for the roundup because this month has been chaotic. Especially February, it just like flies by. There's that one, it's like one less week, one less paycheck. It's really only like three less days. It's all so weird. I always used to get mad when I was broke. I'd be like, why do I got to pay the same rent for February that I do um, for the rest of the months? But anyway. So opportunity to learn something. Opportunity to learn to save next year because I suck at it. So <laughs> got to make it automated. That's a oh shout God. out word to remit Sethi, my like content guru God. Is- shut up. I started reading. I've actually finally started reading his book. It's really good. He is great. Um, but in the words of Kevin Hart, the way my checking and savings is set up, the savings to my check-ins takes 48, 72 hours. Yeah. The way my bank account set up. Yeah. Well, if you are interested in reading what I think is my favorite financial book for people getting started in personal finance, the book is How to, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Remit Sethi. Uh, really good stuff. It's great because it's like in six weeks, right? It's like a format. Anyway, whatever. It's guided. It's cool. Go get it. Yeah. It's, it's easy and good. We'll link to it in the, in the show notes. So what's going on? February was a, a difficult month for us here in Texas. Uh, last week was a just terrible week with uh, the snowpocalypse. Uh, the, the culture on, online was referring to Dallas as Dalaska. I was about to say, you're still calling this place Texas? It's Dalaska now. We, we've moved. We've evolved. Yeah, we, we, we uh, migrated. It's like a Pokemon. We evolved. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're a listener or a reader, rather, of the drip, uh, in my drip letter coming in March... Just talking about base level, base level, baseline gratitude was something that last week really taught me. And it also taught me that like, while I'm very fortunate and my wife and I uh, live in a beautiful house and we have enough money for bills and we have, you know, nice, nice things. We are all, and I think all of us, you know, as, as sort of the collective population are all much closer to being on the street and have much more in common with people who are unhoused than we do with people who are kind of on the other side of that, on the 1% side. And I don't know, it's just really, you know, reinforced how important it is for me to not take things for granted, like shelter, like climate control in your house, like having a, having clean water and warm water to, to wash yourself. And, you know, uh, after a couple nights of huddling all the dogs and cats and getting under blankets and lighting candles for light, uh, and staying in one room of your house, man, nothing, uh, you, you, know, you got a lot to be grateful for just with having baseline human responsibilities or human utilities. And frankly, I think everybody deserves those things. So I think that will really reinforce to people who may not have occurred to them before that there are people who can afford basic living and need shelter and they need electricity. And I think for me, I'm going to operate from a place of gratitude because if I don't wake up and, and be grateful for the things that I have, uh, then I'm just going to continue to take them for granted. And then the next time that they go away, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, SOL. It really seems like it's kind of a game of luck, right? Because especially like, especially with this now, like inclement weather situation that recently happened for us, because your experience was completely different from mine. And so you guys really went through it over there. No, like no electricity, no water, nothing. Like maybe tell them a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had two days basically with no power uh, and it was zero degrees outside. So the coldest day in the history of Texas or the history of Dallas rather. 
and maybe all of Texas. And I know that there were other friends in Houston and Austin uh, of ours that we've had on the pod that also were dealing with this. But, you know, Texas collectively was in really, really big trouble. And I remember explaining to some of my clients who live out of state, a couple live in New York, and they were like, so explain, like, is this just Texas overreacting to a little bit of snow or is this a real thing? And I was like, honestly, I don't think enough people are talking about how bad it is here. Um, we had 14 employees at recreation and six of them on the Tuesday of, you know, Tuesday after, um, president's day. So I guess that's February 19th, six pipes burst in different people's oh homes God. or apartments. And so like just dealing with that fallout alone, like on it's top of everything, staff. I know. So it's like, I, I imagine like that for, for th- that story applies to probably every company in town. Yeah. I mean, I know like on my team, there's eight of us. I know like half of us also were missing electricity water. I got really lucky. I didn't have to go without the elements, but I was praying for people like you. There are people who die in their houses being cold. So yeah, there's still, there's still, you know, the death toll I think is at 80 officially now, but um, you know, just terrible, terrible, terrible things. And, you know, people who have full-time jobs and, uh, you know, had to go to shelters because there was, that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't like, Hey, it's just, really lower class that's having a hard time no like it's exactly it kind of coming back to what you were saying we're only i'm only a few paychecks from being homeless i'll be real because like if bad I car move, wreck if you have to move back in with your parents you're technically homeless like you're having to resituation you know what i'm saying you're moving in with people taking up their space so i'm saying is just like a lot of people last week had to displace themselves because of this weather and it just brings to the forefront that while during the weather situation, it became really apparent to us, there are people who have been living with these types of situations for the last year and a half due to COVID. So, I mean, imagine if like, you're already having all those issues happen before and then the weather. So it's just like, man, it, it really makes you thank God that your lights turned on today. Yeah. And I mean, that's a super simple thing that I have taken for granted my whole life. But uh, when you do without, and I think that's a Seneca principle, uh, you know, deny yourselves the finer things, like just live with the barest minimum that you can to understand what's really important to you and what you really need and to have that gratitude. And, you know, we all um, got to experience that uh, for, you know, all, but a lot of us, you know, I think 2 million plus Texans were without power. I mean, even people like me who were stuck in our homes, it was a little scary just to be like, we're like, where's kind of my next meal coming from if I run out of food or like, Hey, cause like for me, and on the diabetic side, I wasn't really, okay, so this is different about experiences too. You were really prepared diabetes wise for this apocalypse. I was not. Um, my day's time got caught in the storm. So your girl did not have no CGM the entire time. So my anxiety, bro, like I was literally like, what's about to happen? Like, I don't have enough insulin for all this shit to keep happening right now. Don't have a Dexcom right now. Am I about to have to start rationing? Cause nobody can drive to me so that I can, you know, find a friend to help me right now. Like, so I think yeah. that, yeah, man, that situation, situation went from zero to 60 so fast. It did. It was pedal to the metal. And, you know, I was fortunate. I have enough, to, uh, you know, supplies to last me through, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, and I also was super fortunate that my diabetes was like the one thing that cooperated all week long. So I was lucky and I was, I was grateful for my technology was reliable, that I had all my supplies. I had enough insulin and, uh, you know, I was fortunate for that too. And I, you know, looking back, it could have been way worse if I had to be, mm-hmm. you know, riding the roller coaster. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. So anyway, yeah, I mean, that, that was something that I think has really reinforced and informed a lot of the things that we're going to be doing with this platform and just going forward, trying to ultimately get back to what started this whole thing, which was help one person. And I think if all of us, 
you know, out there listening, whether, you know, you're local to Dallas or you're in a foreign country or you're somewhere else in the United States, we got to help each other. And I think look yeah. to the left and the right. And many of us who are in the diabetes online community, especially we, we know somebody that could need help and you got to do what you can do. And, um, you know, obviously if we, you know, love your neighbor, right. comes back down yeah. to you know really basic principles. And, um, that's something that I think we can all do more of. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that. Um, it's probably my favorite Dave Chappelle quote, but it's the one where it's like, you can't, change, you can't save the world, but you can make your neighborhood look really nice. That's a Dave Chappelle quote. My yeah. favorite, my favorite Dave Chappelle quote is when keeping it real goes wrong. That's the, you, <laughs> I have one I for you now. Real. I keep it real. <laughs> next time, next time you're going too long, be like, wrap it up, Rob, just wrap it up. <laughs> Fair. Um, okay. So Let's see what else happened. Uh, February is Black History Month. Uh, I thought it was really encouraging to see a lot of people responding to the More Than a Diabetic series during Black History Month. There was, um, you know, a lot of shares continue of that. Also saw some of our panelists from More Than a Diabetic appear on other panels that were also uh, lots of melanin on those on those panels. Love to see like a fully black panel. On, uh, I love it. I, it was a, honestly uh, a little side shade, but no shade, guys. I had not seen full black panels before. Like even our panels, to be completely like fair, they're not all black because Rob is there. So those were like, you're technically there, Rob. I'm sorry. No, I know. I thought about that. <laughs> but so those panels, like I, I was so proud of everybody and I'm just happy to see a little bit increments forward, like tiny, but these steps are so meaningful. They are. And I think, you know, we just got to keep doing it. And it's uh rising tide lifts all ships. And it's nice to see that, uh, our diabetes organizations are hearing that feedback and they're learning from them some of the mistakes and oversights that they made um, and just talking to some of the people on the back end. You know, it, they're taking the advice that a lot of our panelists gave, which is just invite people to the table, include people, not, you know, try not to be performative and really, you know, believe in, you know, what you're doing. So shout out to all of our uh, more than diabetic panelists who are continuing to do all that great work in the community uh, on our panels and other panels. So good for them. The evolution of listen and learn. <laughs> yeah, you love that. Um, <laughs> love to see it. And, you know, I, I remember I stopped into the Bolus Maximus call last week. Talking, They were talking about mental health in Black communities. It was super cool to be part of that. They have a bunch of virtual events happening in March also, which are documented in the drip. So make sure you're subscribed. Subscribe. Um, but that's cool. So now, like, if you want to do a virtual event with them, you can just go to their website and look at all the ones for the next couple months. So that's cool. So you can kind of plan your weekend around showing up to a fun community call. Like I totally appreciate that actually. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, there were 22 folks on the call on Sunday and uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of cool stories. It was, it was good stuff. Good vibes. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. So, okay. Well, what are we doing in March? Uh, there's some cool pods coming up. We got some cool takeovers. Dude, uh, these takeovers in March. I am so lit. Can we talk about them? I don't know. Yeah, I think we can. We can. Uh, if, if you'd like, I, you know, I don't want to spoil everything for no, you. No, spoil it, spoil it, spoil yeah. it. I don't care. You tell them. Yeah. So, you know, we've got uh, one of our takeovers is going to be extremely cool. And I think it's going to showcase a different perspective of how people with diabetes are forced to go a number of different routes to pay for their medicine, to pay for their, their treatment. So uh, we're going to have a sex worker come on and share her experience with uh, you know, what she does to not only get medicine for herself, but also pay that forward in the community and yeah. help people who, who need it. So uh, yeah, we're going to, you know, sex work is work and sex workers are people. And we are going to, you know, lend that platform to telling those stories. And I think again, 
the the goal of this platform is to tell as many diverse stories as possible so that when someone who is in one of these types of situations gets diagnosed with diabetes, whether they're a runner or they're uh, working, in, working in technology or they're a doctor or they're a sex worker, they know that there's somebody out there who lives with diabetes, who's like them, and they can learn from their story. So uh, I'm excited to see the response from that. And I'm excited to you know share that story with you guys. We have such a contrast this month because we kind of kick it off real PG. So we start off with a takeover from a teacher, one of, a, I'm not, and you know what? We're just gonna keep the people secret so you guys have to watch. Um, but we have like this beloved educator in our diabetic community come on and he's amazing. And then we ramp it up two more weeks later out and hit you with a sex worker. So I'm really excited to see these contrasting kind of career paths and see how these two people who have almost the exact same disease manage it completely differently and, and kind of how that goes. Um, and also I want to just kind of be a part of removing the taboo of sex work because it seems really ridiculous that anyone would find that conversation inappropriate when sex is a normal and natural part of life. Well, I think it comes back to a lot of our conversations about stigma and a lot of that comes from lack of understanding and lack of awareness and lack of discussion. So uh, the same conversations that can affect how people talk about and think about people with type two and type one diabetes can be applied to educating people about sex work and about people who, uh, you know, are real people who are living and this is their lived experience and we're sharing it. And these people deserve respect. So I think it's exciting to dig into that. And hey, you know, I'm glad that we're able to sort of be the uh, <laughs> the leading edge on having those conversations. This, this is fun. Like I'm learning so much. These people are amazing. The I think that stories are so powerful and I don't know. This can live on our website forever. I love being the first at something. Yeah, and that neat. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think we're we're excited about what's to come. We're going to continue to to grind. I, um, you know, we've got a really cool uh, for Women's History Month in March. We were part of a very cool video uh, with Medtronic and uh, and Lauren Cox, which I think we talked about in the last pod, but it's still, it still hasn't not been released yet. So hey, we uh, got to name drop Lauren every time we can. She's so cool. She's and, very cool. Okay, can I? Sorry, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but she finally followed me back on Instagram. I'm so Man. cool. <laughs> Man, a follow back from uh, from a major diabetes celeb. That's huge. Oh my God. I made it, guys. I'm unfollowing you now. I hate um, you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I You're think- You're not even a celeb. You don't have a blue check. Man, I really don't. I'm just disrespected. Um, Wrap it up. <laughs> doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. Um, <laughs> one day I'm going to take my phone and throw it into a ravine and I'll disappear from the internet forever. Who are you, Leonardo DiCaprio at the end of Inception? Like, what do you- yeah, I just like I'm I like wash up. <laughs> no, I, low key though, like let's talk about Inception really quick. Like I that first part uh when uh Ken Wantanabe is like I'm an old man waiting to die alone. <laughs> like my god. I, I, I love I love me some Inception. So if you guys are uh big Inception fans, just holler at your boy. I mean your cell phone is your talisman, so that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, it is. And like and my cell phone, you guys can't see it, but my giant nineties oh very obnoxious case. It's uh I'm living an obnoxious lifestyle. Please pray for Erica. I pray for her. How does she put up with you? <laughs> it's a lot of personality in one house, I'll tell you that much. I don't know who's worse, me or the Sheba gang. So <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, that really wraps it up for me. I don't have too much. Uh, oh yeah, no, that, that's not that's not true. I do have one thing that I want to talk about because I think a lot of people responded to it and Airtray mentioned it before we started recording. Uh, a few weeks ago, I published on my Instagram story, I was like, what you do is who you are. Oh yeah, and, but, yeah. 
Yeah, I was giving you a hard time. <laughs> and you were giving me a hard time. And I think like a couple of people were like, well, I'll explain this. And, and I intentionally left it vague because I was vague, vague booking, um, and which I'm, I'm prone to do, subtweeting. Um, why? 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 I'm just petty right. sometimes, I think is the real. Uh, I, I'm much less prone to do it these days than I used to be when I was younger, um, especially with a couple of RBVs. That's red vodka, red, vodka Red Bull. <laughs> a couple of those in my system, I'd be subtweeting up a storm. So anyway, petty person, vindictive, awful. Okay, whatever. Scorpio. Um, the word you're looking for is Scorpio. Uh, the, so anyway, What You Do Is Who You Are is also a book. Uh, it's by Ben Horowitz, one of my, um, you know, as I, and hustle culture in my typical, you know, bro success mentality, like Ben Horowitz is my guy. Uh, he's also a good dude though. So, you know, that's, that's nice. I guess as good as you could be when you're worth as much money as he is. I don't know anything about him. So lucky for you, I can't talk shit to you right now. Yeah. Uh, his wife is also incredible. So definitely check out the work that she's doing. And, uh, anyway, he was the, you know, I, I just, I, I vibed with his first book is called, uh, the hard thing about hard things. And the follow-up was what you do is who you are. And it's about culture. And, you know, so that's what I was really talking about. And I think it, we were talking also earlier that, that quote means a lot of different things, but what it doesn't mean is that your job is your entire personality. What it means is like talk is cheap and being and performative things are cheap and you really have to judge people on what they do. And that's something that informs a lot of my decisions uh, just in my career personally uh, and understanding that you, we can say all we want and we can have the best intentions, but if we don't walk the walk, then we're just blowing smoke. It's intention versus impact, right? So if you have great intentions, but then those people like suffer terrible impact, like intention doesn't really mean shit to anybody but you. And I mean, to quote my favorite uh, paleobotanist, um, Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park 3, some of the worst things imaginable were done with the best intentions. And that's a, that's a word to Dr. Alan Grant. Isn't that Jeff? No, that's the the white dude, the old white dude. Yeah, that's played played by Sam Neill. No, no, that's yeah. the, John Hammond is the old white guy, but I mean, he, Sam Neill is a white dude for sure. I just know Jeff Goldblum's in that movie, and he's the best. So. Elite elite style. We'll do a style pod on Jurassic Park later. You got Jeff Goldblum in the in the leather jacket. You got um, you know, Sam Neill in the in the. Was the lady shirt. with the Fisher yeah. the Fisher yeah. vest? That doesn't make sense. Why would you need a Fisher vest? Like, do dinosaurs get treats? Anyway, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, please, please don't uh, shame, God, uh, Laura Dern. I was like, I was call, about to call her Laura Linney. I'm hey, like, Laura wrong, Dern wrong is way. great. Big Little Lies is fabulous. Yeah, so good. I think this is very a good uh, teaser for our media episode, our diabetes and media episode that's coming out. Um, obviously, Rob and I love to consume content. It seems kind of disgusting, but <laughs> what else is there to do? <laughs> so I'm really excited for this new series is coming up that will probably kick off soon. Um, yeah. yeah. We're going to just talk about the way the diabetes is portrayed in mass media and just basically clown it. <laughs> Break uh, it down one movie, an episode at a time. It's going to be super fun. So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to share that with you guys. It's going to be goofy and silly, which is, as you guys know, how I like to operate. Um, Maybe you can copy Ben Horowitz. You know how he likes to like repeat the words and the phrase. So it could be like diabetics doing things, doing movies, you know? You are, right. you are what you eat or what, I don't know, whatever, Ben okay. Horowitz. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll copy Ben Horowitz on it. That's, that'll be, a, that's what I do. Uh, the, the last thing I'll leave you guys with is I did get my second vaccine uh, oh. last week. So I'm fully vaccinated. I had the Pfizer vaccine. I'll share with you guys the side effects that I had. I, I really didn't experience any on the first dose. Uh, I had a little bit of soreness in my arm. I actually had less soreness in the arm on the second dose. But really? 
um, I was super tired, but I couldn't tell if it was from the terrible week prior and like waking up every hour on the hour to empty out water buckets that were leaking through the ceiling and trying to keep my house warm uh, or if it was from the vaccine. But on Saturday, I was in a shitty mood. Erica was just like, dude, take a nap. And so I did. Get out of my face, dog. <laughs> Pretty much, which that's is good. I mean, I need I needed to shut it down. So that's where we were at. I mean, uh, if you're going to be miserable, I guess it's like the universe is like, we'll be miserable with you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. Well, so I, I'm glad you're alive. There's some people who have had like some bad reactions to it. So I'm glad you didn't have a whole bunch on top of the last gut. Imagine you got a rash or something and it's the snow and all I, this I don't deal well with rashes, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one of my, my best friend had like a panic attack basically right after because there is a reaction where your heart can like over, over speed and he, yeah, that happened to him. He's okay now. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit scary. So yeah, you know, uh, vaccines have rea- reactions. I didn't have any, so that's a good sign for me. Uh, and for people who typically don't have reactions to things, which is, I think the category I would fall in. So if you're worried about the vaccine, you have questions, DM us, we'll answer them. No, DM Rob or DM us at diabetics doing things and talk to yeah. Rob. I'm sorry, guys. The vaccine gives me a lot of anxiety. I'm one of those, ter- I, I don't want to say terrible people, but I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, I think, I, you know, everybody has their own relationship with it and, um, you know, it's important. So anyways, cool. All right. We'll keep it locked on diabetics doing things. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. And I'm going to also add something uh, later on. We're trying to figure out a way for you guys to tell your stories and share them with the pod. Um, so we're going to be setting up a voicemail line for you guys to call in and share stories and ask questions. So uh, just be ready for that. Oh, great. Thanks for telling me. Yay, yeah, that's so a surprise excited. for Eritrea. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, but please, 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 please subscribe to The Drip. It's going to be awesome. Such good content. Yay. Later, guys.